Blog Talk Radio. seconds there guys all right Uh, logged out logged back in now i'm seeing the proper icon and bam let's start plugging folks in all right i think i should have my fellow friends online here uh are you there you got me loud and clear all right, and the 863, is that you, Craig? Yes, me. All right, all right. So I believe Jared's going to fill in tonight uh, for Miss Leah. She's had to have the night off. We'll wait on Jared to make contact here. But uh, sorry about the uh, technical difficulties. I don't know. I, I've never had that uh, that type of icon show up before. It was just a blog talk uh, pink icon, and obviously – I had to log out and log back in in order to get back into the studio. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we'll be able to 
uh, go the rest of the night without having any more technical difficulties. I tell you, uh, one of the first things that comes to mind as we bring the show up is uh, there should have been some freaking penalties passed out. I'm, I'm wondering uh, if NASCAR's uh, not reneging on it. Craig Moore, uh, this is supposed to be our penalty report. And what is going on? No, that's because it's Denny Hamlin. And oh, he should be held in Denny a Hamlin than, than the than the lures on the hoods of the Hendrick cars. Is that is that is that is that really what we're saying here, Craig? Because I I one hundred percent back you up on that. I think because you know he should be held to a higher standard. He's a car owner for crying out loud. He blatantly says, "Yeah, I wrecked Ross Chastain," oh. and NASCAR is not going to penalize him, but they'll they'll pull parts off of a Hendrick car. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder where, um, you know, who is it? Steve O'Donnell is ahead of uh, NASCAR technical. The NASCAR president. All right. Yeah. Well, Elton. I wonder where uh, you know what his main priority is. Because you intentionally wreck somebody, that's dangerous. Blue and it just might give you a speed advantage. You technically wreck somebody. That's a whole other story. But anyway, then again, it's Denny Hamlin, and you know, I just, I just find it funny. I didn't understand yeah. the word you mumbled, Tess. Denny Hamlin, and it's just short track racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if if somebody wrecked him like that, um, oh yeah, Ross Chastain did wreck him a few times. And... Oh my God, he'd be he'd have three fingers up. He'd be three finger Hamlin, not two finger. He'd be calling for suspensions, and he'd be calling for suspensions yep. and everything else. So wait a minute. So so we're we're literally feel we feel like the bigger story here is Denny Hamlin coming on to a, his podcast called Detrimental to Racing, right or whatever. He's making fun of the fact that he's got in trouble over the years for saying crazy things and uh, getting all kinds of penalties that are detrimental to NASCAR stock car racing. Um, and, and now he's using his platform to basically say, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. I owed this guy back for many other times beforehand, and we're all in an uproar over this instead of the fact that clearly the freaking injured cars are cheating, and they're cheating so damn good that they got caught with something that obviously didn't even have anything to do with how fast they were going. But yet it's Tuesday night, and I'm trying to hold my stuff together because we should have penalties. But no. We're so worried about what Denny Hamlin said. Please, come on. I don't think you're going to see penalties come down for either situation. And if they do, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. They're they're just going to say, oh, it was a racing deal. Boys uh, being boys, blah, blah, blah. That's all they're going to settle yeah. that one. That's I, I, question for you, Tess. 
from the uh, from the peanut gallery audience. Do boys really say blah blah blah? If you ignore them, in your in your wedding ceremony in fifteen months, I want you to start your thing out your your vows, and then at the end go blah blah blah. Want to see how well that'll go over. That's probably not going to go over too well. <laughs> no, probably not. No. <laughs> I mean, I'll be there, so I'll be able to tell you what it looks like. Might even take video. And your other and your other half will be there taking pictures of it. Actually, she was the one that asked that. Do boys really say blah blah blah? Oh, but anyway. My God. <laughs> but so anyway. News of. So the biggest news of the weekend is really William Byron stepping out of the shadows of Chase Elliott. He is now two for two. Bit of bum bum, start of the day, start of the day, start of the day. It's the first time that the 24 car has won back-to-back races since 2007. Uh, William Byron, man, his dad kid is on fire. Is it that he's stepping out of the shadows? Is it that he's finally showing up to being the potential that we've um, you know, clearly said on this show, look, two years ago, I was said, I said on this show right here that uh, Willie B would have more wins in the organization uh, than Chase Elliott. And Chase Elliott goes off and wins a damn championship. So um, definitely but, like, uh, had to eat the words in 2020 for that. Question. I have to raise the question there, Chris, because I don't know if you guys yeah. caught it on the broadcast. William Mike Joy said that William Byron has been known to win races in the first five races of the season. Yeah, he won. <laughs> he's won two of the five so far. Can we see him actually win some races out now that we're getting out of the first five uh, five races of the season, or are we going to see the typical William Byron slump? <laughs> you know, we had a guy last year. Go ahead, Chris. I think I think what you'll see now is that Chase Elliott isn't running. Um, he's going to get he's going to get better equipment. He may not get better equipment, but they'll now he's the guy at Hendrick. Currently, he is the guy. So they're going to make sure, even though he's got two wins, that they give him the best of the best to make sure that he can pad his points lead. Very ahead, interesting. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, um, where William Byron stands right now, he could be the hottest driver uh, at Hendrick Motorsports, or he could very well just be pulling a Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick won back-to-back wins last year. He didn't set the world on fire after that either. It is an interesting stat that William Byron starts out hot and then he kind of fades off, but that that's kind of similar to uh, – to Alex Bowman as well, um, you know, and uh, yeah, basically typical of any of the Hendrick drivers except for Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. Uh, where we go from here, being that, you know, these were two different tracks too, man. I mean, we were at Las Vegas for one win. We were at Phoenix for the other win. Two completely different tracks, different setups, I believe different rule package uh, and different horsepower package. So, um, you know, that's 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 showing me something. That's showing me that uh, William Byron uh, could be in for uh, you know a, a career season, uh, if not already a career year. 
uh, just by being well, back to back. I, I am impressed by what William Byron has done, and I and I and I'm I'm ready to shake the tambourines and say, hey, you know, this is this is the breakout kid that we've been waiting on. It. You know, here's hey, another Chris. here's another thing. Um, thing. How old is William Byron? Cass. Uh, he's going to be like 23 or 24. Hold on. I have to look this up quick. Yeah, look that up quick because that will lead into my comment. But, um, you know, he, I'm glad to see that he's been driving. Sorry, Craig. Obviously, he's been driving a stock car a lot less than other people if he started at 16. I digress. 25. He's 25, so apparently his testicles have finally dropped because he's got a set now. What's that? 25 is a good age. Yeah, that's a good age. You know, I don't remember it. I don't remember much of it, but yeah, it was a good age from what I remember. Definitely the the beginning of manhood, 25. Um, But maybe now he's finally he's finally got he he can focus more. And, I, and again, it goes back to my comment earlier. Chase is out. So Chase is out for probably another six to seven weeks. Um, we'll see what happens once Chase, the face that runs the place, as Taz calls him, Chase Elliott comes back, and we'll see what kind of equipment uh, Byron gets when he comes back. Hopefully by then he has enough wins to where he can really skate through the first round of playoffs and be set up for a good second round. You know, I don't really know you guys' opinions this week. Y'all, y'all haven't said much, and you kind of left me in the dark. And so I, I've, I finally got y'all here. I don't know. I believe I watched a good race. I don't know your guys' opinions. Like, I was, I was, I was okay with it being nonchalant through most of the event. But when it was time to cook, it cooked, and we had a great finish, and I, I was very impressed with a, a track that's not been typical of putting together some good races. Uh, I'll start with you, Taz. Taz, did you think it was a good race, and what stood out from it? I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty decent race, I would think. Um, I know there, was a, there wasn't really any cautions at all towards the end, which uh, I guess you could say is expected. Um, but with how the green flag strategy, uh, pit strategies came about, um, with the Hendrick guys taking the two-tire deal um, versus some of the guys who were taking four, like Kevin Harvick, for example, or even some of the adjustments they made with a four-tire stop. I mean, look at Kyle Larson, for example. When he took off, when he got the lead and took off, and Harvick was on the move at this point, um, he – it was basically Harvick versus Larson coming down to green flag pit stops and Larson's crew made a hiccup and it showed because Harvick came right out with him uh, when everything cycled out and Harvick took over the lead. And then of course the late race yellow from Harrison Burton where the tire blew up on him changed the whole game and the game got changed again on that one restart, too, towards the end of the race. Yeah. But there was a lot of scenarios that played out there at the end. I was screaming, this is Kevin Harvick's legacy when they went for four tires. Craig Moore, uh, did you get to watch the race? I know you've been a busy man. 
Did you uh, did you yeah, watch the highlights? I mean, where where where, where are those I got the I got to listen to some of it. I watched some of the highlights. I thought for sure Kevin Harvick was at least going to get a win. I mean, I know that I had Chastain, but, you know, I want to see Harvick at least get one or two wins a season before he hangs up his fire suit and focuses on his on his kid. Honey, not everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, he's, he's right there. He's been right there along with he's, Larson. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, if both of these drivers – uh, snag a win within the next two or three races. Yeah, and I and I'd like to see it for them. Um, again, I didn't get to watch much. I was listening to some of it on the bike coming back, but uh, Sunday was a very busy, busy day for us here with the family and getting into town this past week, getting them set up. But hopefully, we'll sit down and be able to watch a race this Sunday because I don't think we have anything on schedule. So. And I got to fight with our cable provider because I got sling, and for some reason Fox Fox is not showing up. So I've been trying to catch it on the uh, on the NASCAR dot com app. <laughs> if I can't get well, it on a, Sirius, I can't hear it. Come back to that last caution. A lot of things happen. Uh, well, not the last caution. The caution got to set up everything there for the end. Uh, that was. Uh, when Larry Mack said, you know, if you take two tires, you're fired. Um, yeah, I, I, I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big comment there. And then, you know, almost like six cars went for two tires. Uh, Kevin Harvick went for four tires. I believe that really cost him. I understand that they were kind of playing out for a couple of cautions to happen, and which did that that did come to fruition, uh, but it didn't help uh, Kevin Harvick very much. Um, I'm gonna not having to go any distance. Go ahead. Tom. I don't mean to stop you. I don't mean to stop you right there, Chris. But um, I think if that restart, the first one at the end, um, played into Harvick's favor, I think he would have been right there because as soon as they got into turns one and two, out of that dogleg, he had that run, and unfortunately. Um, the yellow came out, and there was a little bit of contact and some blocks being made, so he couldn't move up as far um, as he probably could have. And if, say, for instance, if he did get as far as he probably could have on that restart, then the yellow came out, question would have been, could he have contended right with Larson and Byron um, at the very end when it was all said and done? Um, I would think so, but being it was more of a short run, I think that's where the Hendrick cars kind of uh, dominated that part. I've seen one pass the whole race, really, Taz, and that was Kevin Harvick doing the passing for the lead. So, uh, you know, I really felt like your position would have been to stay out, right, and then try to hold off everybody with two tires. Um, And that was, you know – you might have been the only one to stay out. I don't know how that would have gone, but, you know, you didn't have to have the tires. You didn't have to. I, I feel like in, a, in an instance, either you do go for the two tires and or you stay out on the track uh, and just try to hold that lead. Uh, you know, I don't know how that would have worked on the second caution uh, after that. But, you know, it just it just seemed like we threw the strategy right out the door uh, for Kevin Harvick. It was a missed strategy, and it was heartbreaking because, 
uh, you know, he did make a strong pass for the lead. Um, and you know, we know that these are, you know, these races are few and far between, uh, uh, you know, before his, uh, before the end of his career. I, I hope that Harvick's able to put himself in position again at some more races throughout the season. Uh, but this one definitely was on the calendar, uh, being that uh, all the success that he has seen in, in the past there at, at Phoenix. But uh, definitely not all the storyline. There were some other forwards that were running pretty good uh, throughout the race, and that was Brad Keselowski. But unfortunately, 18th place finish didn't it didn't really show how good of a run uh, RFK had throughout most of the race. Have they found something, Taz, or did we, did we pay any attention to that uh, RFK team and Brad Kay running around the top ten almost the whole race? No, I saw that. Um, it, it's looking like they have found – I'm going to use a pun here. They found the groove, and I just think they need to find the missing touches to finish the deal. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean to finish the deal to get wins. I mean to finish the deal to get good results. Um, and we're seeing better performances, not out of uh, Brad to where we're used to seeing them, but Busher as well. So it's the organization stepping the game now. Well, like I said, it seems like they have the pieces to um, to run well during these races, they just need to find the final touches to finish the job. Yeah. Where the hell was Joey Logano? Did he not win the championship at this race in November? That team, I, I, I you know, I'm scratching my head. I, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Um, definitely uh, not the performance I was expecting. And, and, you know, some Fords ran strong, some Fords didn't, and for Chevy, uh, seems to be a, they they're undefeated in regular in, in the regular season uh, undefeated in wins um, but um, yeah I mean the Toyotas the Toyotas seem to have some good speed of course Christopher Bell another strong finish for him uh, you know he seems to be like we had talked earlier kind of the uh, the the main horse at uh, at at Gibbs. Um, you know, I think that we have come to the Christopher Bell era, right? Uh, Denny Hamlin willing to throw a whole race away all over some get back, you know. But you got you got Christopher Bell who raced his ass off the whole the whole night and uh, come home with a solid top five finish. Uh, notables, I believe, Bubba Wallace finished 14th. He had a good run through most of the race. Um, Danica Patrick, we, we, we haven't talked about Sammy Smith over in the Xfinity Series, and we're running kind of short on time. But Danica Patrick, uh, we've, met, we've cut a lot of jokes, made a lot of fun of her here on this show. Um, all in all, I, I, I give Danica credit. She did a good job. Uh, I was uh, pretty well impressed with uh, her commentating, and I think that she has maybe a little crush or something on Clint Boyer, which, which is kind of cute on air. Um, I did a catch where they talked about Ricky for a minute, and uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure Ricky's moved on from Danica, but I don't think Danica's moved on from Ricky. Um, but <laughs> what are you guys thoughts? Danica Patrick in the booth. Come on, did she make the race? 
hard to listen to? Did she screw it up, or yeah, did she make it better? Taz. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I just don't like Danica in the booth, I, in the NASCAR booth, I'll put it that way. It just, I don't, especially with the Fox booth, between her and Boyer, they just clash, and it doesn't make the broadcast any better. It kind of hurts it. Um, and this is why I kind of can't wait for Harvick to get in the booth, because I feel like he would feed off of Mike Joy and Clint Boyer uh, very well in terms of when to get serious and when to throw in, you know, some jokes and whatnot for the entertainment aspect. I just think Danica is, I don't know, bland. Okay, oh, Greg. All right, so Taz is on bottle duty. Um, I don't know. Danica in the booth is like, it's like for me watching paint dry. I don't see how she can relate to anything, as we said last week, because of the fact that she's not been in one of these cars in six years. So she doesn't know how to drive them. Um, well, neither has Boyer, for that matter, but at least he's got a pulse on it. Um he probably does his homework, whereas I don't think Danica does. She's in there specifically for ratings and ratings only. I mean, I disagree. I think she did good. I think NASCAR needs a Danica Patrick, and uh, she did a good job. I understand that some people, some things don't come as easy as it does for others. I think all in all, um, we, we've yet to be able to replace Danica. Um, and if she's willing to still be a part of the sport that's made fun of her and ridiculed her and basically told her that, you know, she doesn't belong there, and if she's still willing to – we have been mean to Danica over the years, and I'm sorry if I've all of a sudden come across spot for her. I know, I know y'all are like, what? And, and Mr. CJ Sports, yeah, I said it. I have sympathy for Danica Patrick. I think she did a good job, and I get tired of hearing all the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but in reality, I don't. I love it because it gives me something to talk about, like here on Race Chat Live on this Tuesday night when in the South, all of a sudden, old man winter has decided to come back. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's freezing. But anyway, I'm also in route to pick up my kids. Uh, who was down the road and um, the four wheelers broke down. So um, I'm rescuing my kid. Y'all give me just a second. So as far as Danica, let me just say, I think she's easy on the eyes. I think if she were to spend more time studying the sport um, than she has been, um, I think she'll do just fine. You know, she knows she's going to be in the booth. So she knows weeks ahead of time, months ahead of time. It wasn't something they sprung on her late last week. She maybe should have done her homework. And uh, as far as Bree calling us an ass because we made comments about the bottle, well, Taz, 
you got a job to do, buddy. Your job wasn't done. Well, hey. never mind. <laughs> hey, we try to make things work. That's right, because if mama ain't happy, your life is miserable. All right, Chris is rescuing, rescuing one of his boys. What's next on the agenda, Taz Taylor? Uh, I got to look that up. I haven't looked. I'm at looking now. Well, well, it's oh, definitely we Sammy Smith. Sammy Smith is, uh, you know, he won in the Xfinity Series. I think the youngest ever Xfinity driver. Uh, at, at Phoenix. Oh, do we lose Craig or Chris? We may have. I know he was talking about the Sammy Smith deal. Uh, Sammy Smith uh, grabbed his first win uh, in the Xfinity race this past weekend at Phoenix. Um, I think that's pretty huge. I mean that uh, Gibbs kind of needs a lift somewhere, I guess you can say. Um trying to see how old he is because I think I think he's like 18 or 19 years old, something like that. Who is that, Taz? Sammy Smith, the driver of the 18 Gibbs uh, Xfinity car. Um, he is 18 years old. Well, that's impressive in and of itself. And I think I did see another set of when he won. Um, he was one of the youngest drivers to win a NASCAR race in history, I do believe. And I think Logano and Gordon were on that list, too. I should have screenshot it when I saw it, too. Yeah, some young drivers, man. But, I mean, I think I think we could put uh... – we could put anybody's grandma in that 18 machine at Joe Gibbs Racing, and they they could pick up a win. So I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm not sold yet, uh, just because Sammy Smith uh, comes in and wins all of a sudden in the 18 car. But what is interesting is the uh, the kind of luck that John Hunter Nemechek has, because uh, honestly, he should be one of the fastest. It shouldn't hands down. It should be between Josh Berry, Justin Algier, and. Uh, um, the guy we were just talking about there. So uh, I, I'm going to have to switch cars, guys, because uh, I have a child that's covered in mud, and I can't get him in my camera. So give me just another second, guys, as I try to get this situated. All right, so I found that. All right, youngest winners in Xfinity Series history. The youngest is Joey Logano. 18 years, 0 months, 21 days. Then it's Chase Elliott, 18 years, 4 months, 7 days. Ty Gibbs, 18 years, 4 months, 16 days. Then it's Sammy Smith, at 18 years, 9 months, 7 days. And Casey Atwood is the next youngest, 18 years, 10 months, and 9 days. Now, Sammy Smith, Getting the win not only marks him as one of the top five youngest winners in Xfinity Series history, he won in his home track. He's out of Phoenix. Interesting. Interesting. 
He's he was bo- he's born in Iowa, but I guess he resides in Phoenix, according to what Bob Pucker says here. Very interesting. I uh, it amazes me that he lived that far away from the hub. Well, he may not live there. He may still live at home with mommy and daddy. Um, and he would live that far away from the hub of uh, everything going on. But then, you know, look at Martin Truex Jr.'s uh, Furniture Row. They were out in Denver, Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you also got guys from on the west from the West Coast too, like Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson, who end up making names for themselves. Sammy Smith could be another one, too. Oh, exactly, exactly. So Chris is in the middle of changing vehicles because his youngin is covered in mud. He's taking care of that. Where are we at, Taz? All right, let's check out the itinerary. I did have it pulled up here. Um, now it restarted on me. Thanks a lot. There we go. Um, let's see. 8:35. We are into hot topics. Um, the first one listed is confiscated. The parts. Yeah, the Hendrick parts that were confiscated after practice or or qualifying. I think it was after practice, wasn't it? I believe so. I'm looking it up yeah. right now. Yeah, so Hendrick, I guess NASCAR officials went up to the Hendrick garage um, after practice and <clears throat> confiscated some parts, um, wondering if they were possibly cheating, I guess, which is why NASCAR is kind of questioning of taking parts away to find out that they were okay the entire time. Huh. I'm looking at it right now. Um, this if, is I remember, from, if I remember that whole thing right. Let's Wait, see what so, else so what they're saying is that those parts are not legal, Pat? They, they are legal? Is that what you're saying? We'll bring them back here to the RD. Take a deeper dive into them. There's a quarter. In the motherfucking hell. We're talking about uh, confiscation, Chris, of the Hendrick parts. Anyways, while we're getting right into that. Yeah, I just about got ran over by a big truck. Going way, he was going way too fast down the, down the highway here and almost got rear-ended. Uh, Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, that's what they're claiming, that uh, Hendrick's claiming that they were told uh, not to mess with them, that there were some irregularities in the parts, and NASCAR had been informed of that already. Obviously, NASCAR felt that there was something else going on with them, um, and so, uh, you know, 
I think that's where you know, there's been some confusion on uh, on whether or not those parts are legal or, or not. I mean, I'm expecting NASCAR to, to hand down penalties. Uh, this should be a a level two penalty. That truck was about to hit me, wasn't it? Huh? I know. I know. I just, I just gas. Yeah, I'm seeing it. I just placed gas here. on it. They took, they took hood louvers from all four of the Hendrick cars, but apparently they've yet to issue a ruling. Now that I'm looking at it. Something tells me, something tells me if it was another car, another team, they would have issued, they would have issued their findings already. Oh, yeah. They definitely would have. Hey, that's crazy, y'all. My son was sitting right there on the side of the road, was about to see me get run over by that big truck, y'all. It's crazy, man. God is good. Lord have mercy, God is good. Y'all know how good God is? God is that good. Lord have mercy. Woo! I mean, I seen it. I seen it in my rear view that he wasn't. The lights were kept getting closer and closer, like it wasn't slowing down. I said, "Man, I dumped my clutch and kept on going." Woo! I said he had liked to break something, everything. Lord have mercy, my my heart's over here just a beating. Well, that'd have been amazing. I'd I'd have been man, I'd have been jacked up in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I gotta slow down, y'all. Woo. Oh. Last times with with Mr. Creighton. Man, I'm telling you, look, if Hendrick comes out of this without getting any darn penalty, I I mean, what you know, the garage fifty six, now this and they're saying, you know, I mean when Penske got away with doing the wheels after it was said, hey, we're not supposed to be modifying, I said to myself, I wonder how how big this is for the organization to say, hey, you know, Penske, you, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you got it. Well, y'all let Penske slide on one. Y'all got to let us slide on one. You know, I hope that that's not the situation that's arisen here in the NASCAR series. If you're going to take parts and it's going to be known or whatever, then, my God, you know, there should be some damn penalty behind it. If we if we found out that these parts were confiscated, then NASCAR obviously felt that they were not legal. And for for them to come up with anything outside of that is just gonna it's gonna make you lose the trust of the sanctioning body. Yeah, I think they're in, in, in. Yeah, I'm seeing that apparently there's so if there are. If the parts don't pass NASCAR's evaluation, penalties will be announced prior to the race at Atlanta this weekend. And what the and the, to be specific in what these parts are taking, it's the hood lovers. Essentially, they're vents or hood openings that serve as the exit point for the ducts that move air out of the radiator and away from the car. Looking at a three-dimensional rendering of the next-gen car, the air release systems were were created to separate engine performance from the car's aerodynamics. Um, Potential penalties um, that could be handed out. Um, Let's see. NASCAR considers modifications to a next-gen single-source vendor part, an L2 
penalty, which could carry any of the following sanctions, according to NBC Sports, which is a loss of 75 points for the driver and or team owner, a loss of 10 playoff points for the driver and or team owner, a four-race suspension for a particular crew member or members, and a $100,000 fine. Should the severity of the modification penalty warrant elevating it to an L3 infraction, drivers and teams even face harsher punishment, such as a loss of 120 points for the driver and or team owner, a loss of 25 playoff points for the driver and or team owner, a six-race suspension for a particular crew member or members, and a and a two hundred fifty dollar thousand dollar fine. Wow! So this is a significant. This is a significant penalty. It should. Oh be. yeah, yeah. William Byron's two wins could be wiped out on playoff points. In um, trying things, and Larson and Bowman will already be in a hole essentially um, for the playoffs as well, and they haven't even made it yet. Byron's the only one, and he's won two races, and those two races could be wiped as if William Byron didn't even really win and give himself an advantage for the playoffs. That's the potential Hendrick could be facing. Well, again, we'll have to see what happens when they hand down, if they hand down the penalties. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see when it's going to be. Like Chris said earlier, I thought for sure it would have been today. So, released from Gordon uh, saying that we had some conversation. We'll continue to have conversations with NASCAR. Every situation is sort of unique, but this is a more unique one than I've seen in a while where there's been a lot of communication back and forth on this particular part, especially for this racetrack because they did a parity test in the wind tunnel. I think it really opened up the door for some miscommunication, he continued. I don't want to go any further than that. We'll continue to just share all the facts and be transparent with NASCAR as we have been so far. Yeah. And according um, to I mean, Gordon, there was there was nothing there was nothing um not last week, not this week, that was getting them to victory lane other than a lot of hard work and great teamwork. These guys have speed in the car. Yeah, I mean, you know, Gordon speaking for the team, I swear that's so funny. Uh, but it is what it is. He was even in victory lane. I don't know, you know, look, Hendricks always had NASCAR right around their fingers. We all know that. The reason why I don't really like the organization. But they couldn't even buy Dale Jr. a championship at Hendricks. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I really – I'm disappointed that there's not been a penalty report already. I thought that's what Tuesdays were for. That's why we schedule shows on Tuesday nights. 
so that we could have display that type of information. The moment we're waiting on something big to happen, NASCAR says, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll have it ready by Wednesday. So I'm sure uh, they're just pushing past all the podcasts and everything else that's going to give them a, a negative review uh, for not holding up to what the sanctioning body is supposed to do. But uh, so I know that uh, we've got the topic number two. Are you guys ready for topic number two, hot topic number two? Lego. Well, I, I, I played a pun with this one. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, will he be able to stay on top? Will he be a couple wins? We've kind of talked about this already tonight. Um, you know, is this momentum that he's going to be able to ride for the rest of the year? Do you see Willie B getting better, or do you see this just being uh, a couple wins and maybe a, another win down the, down the road in the season? Um, three wins plus. What are you guys looking at for Willie B? Will he be able to stay on top? William Byron. Oh, um. Geez, I would have to – I really need to look deep down the schedule to see where he can um, – Atlanta could be a good track where he's got to win. He won that. He won uh, the first time we went to Atlanta last year. Um, Daytona, obviously, he's won there before. <clears throat> but he won that race when it really mattered. Um trying to see what other races he might possibly win before playoffs because I don't know where he can really, <clears throat> I guess, shine. And this is and this kind of brings up the point of Mike Joy. Byron's been known to win the first five races of the se- to win somewhere in the first five races of the season. And then he gets his his slump, but what keeps him alive is some good performances, but um, again, you can't. And I mean, his two wins, um, as long as his playoff points aren't taken away from this uh, park confiscation confiscation penalty, um, basically locked him into the playoffs. Because last, if you want to go off last year, one win didn't even save you. So I would say right now, um, Atlanta and Daytona are maybe his best chances. I would like to, to see better performances. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I see Willie B as a threat for the championship this year. I, you know, I'm I mean I'm all hands on deck for this kid. Uh, we it's kind of like you know. We, some of us have been just waiting for this moment uh, of Willie B to step out and and become uh, uh, kind of a leader there because I, I've always felt that Eric was dedicated and there's really two drivers at that organization and that's Chase Elliott and William Byron and the rest of them are the, the drivers and that's you know Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman uh, but to, those two are house kids I know Willie B originally come out of the Kyle Busch motorsports and Toyota racing development. But I think he spent one year there and then he was over uh over at uh um GMS and, and uh uh junior motorsports I believe. Um so I mean yeah hey 
I think that this is the beginning of a new era with the 24 machine. And, uh, you know, old Billy, old Billy, old Billy's got, uh, he's got a few fans ready to pull for him. Uh, Trey, you got any thoughts on the subject? Yeah, sorry, I had to unmute my phone. I, I think you're going to see him get a couple more wins until Chase comes back, but I think he'll be a viable threat for the championship. Um, I think now that they're they're dialing on all cylinders, so I'd like to see him because that's what we've all hoped for for the you know since he's been in Cup. But then again, anybody. But then again, anybody can pick up at a track that's not their best. They just have to be in the right position. Very true. Very true. Uh, let's see. The next on the agenda is Denny versus Ross, take 17. Like, this is, this is like, okay, this is an every weekend thing now. Are these two going out? Are they are they uh, are they breaking up? What is the deal between Ross and Denny Hamlin? They can't keep themselves off each other's quarter panels. What's your take on it, Taz uh, Taylor? I think him. I honestly think this was. I guess you could say this was Hamlin's payback to Shastain. Um But my question is why. Why? Why now? I mean, you're in the beginning of the season. Nothing really is on the line. So why now? Why did he? Why did he take this long to throw something back at Chastain? Well, he said he said in his podcast. That, uh, you know, there was nobody around, and most of the time when you're trying to get somebody back, you wind up collecting somebody in, innocent. At this point in time, he was up on the top lane. There was nobody around that could be affected by it, and Denny Hamlin took took that chance. And that's why he said he wasn't going to lie about it. He was going to be up front, and yes, he, he intentionally got into, the, uh, into Ross uh, as payback. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just not really – when you have it happen on the racetrack under caution, nothing happens. What's the difference here, NASCAR? I, I don't understand why there would be a penalty um, if there is one. When you know it, it didn't, it didn't include somebody else. It was a, it was perfect retaliation. Um, and uh, I mean, it proved a point. He junked a couple of cars. Denny Hamlin didn't get a tenth place finish, and neither did Ross Chastain. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Denny. There's plenty over the hood of his race car throughout last year, and we all wondered why Denny didn't do anything back. Well, here's two finger Denny, uh, adding the third finger. You know, hey, um, I'm gonna get you, boy. <laughs> um, you know, Greg, what, what I also thought? think it was. I also think it was Ross thought that it was done and over with, that it was a squashed issue after this year. And Denny wanted to remind him, son, I'm still out here. 
I'm still racing, so as long as I'm still racing, just know that I owe you one. And here's that one I owe you, and there's probably about 15 more coming. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like something, my thing is like, why would you wait till now? He could have done this. Um, he could have done this in the playoffs last year and cost the Chastain, but he didn't. And Chastain once again threw another threw another egg in the basket and, uh, and said, "Here you go, Hamlin. I just I just beat you one or beat you to it again." And Hamlin waits until the fifth race of the season to throw us on the back. I mean, I understand what Craig is saying, but at the same time, it's like, why are you throwing retaliation when there's nothing on the line? Well, I mean, you know, these drivers don't forget. And like I said, um, I think I don't think he was trying to purposely end his day. I think he was trying to uh, retaliate and ruin Chastain's day. And, you know, we always say every point counts. So in the long run of things, uh, based off of how Ross Chastain made it into the last Final Four, uh, the, something like this could be detrimental to his season. And I think that that's what the value behind it. Uh, that Denny Hamlin felt that it was in, in, indeed the right time to to do it. So, um, you know, I really – I don't – this feud's not over with. Of course, they had a talk after the race. Uh, Ross Chastain is a raw driver, and he'll he'll wind up in a situation again, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't think that uh, we're going to see that changing out of Ross Chastain. He's up on the wheel driver. He's going to make contact. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I just feel like we're going to see these two go at it, but I just hope that um, if they go at it, that it doesn't hurt either one of them uh, come playoff time or when it gets close to it. Because we both know, or we all know, that if uh, Hamlin does something to Shastain um, and it hurts and it ends up hurting Hamlin in the end, you know Hamlin's going to bite himself in the rear for it. And same with Chastain. They have to figure out, it is how, a little... they have to, figure out how to make this retaliation uh, aggressive deal work without uh, hurting themselves in the end so that they can race uh, – into the playoffs and race for championships. It is a little early to be aggressive, but I mean, it's nothing new for these drivers. Uh, this is bad blood that goes uh, now a couple of seasons into the making. Um, you know, and Denny Hamlin to get on his podcast and basically run his mouth. Uh, I mean, in a way, I, I think that he didn't, he doesn't deserve, he didn't, the actions shouldn't be punished but when you use it as a way to advertise your podcast and you know the name of your show is basically 
the fine that NASCAR is going to give you. I guess NASCAR's got to do what you expect NASCAR to do, and uh, that that's to hand out uh, a fine to Denny Hamlin. What are you guys' uh, takes on that? I mean, do you think that there should be a fine if he admittedly wrecked Ross Chastain, or should NASCAR look at it the other way? I'm thinking that it's just it's mocking NASCAR, so NASCAR has no choice uh, but to find Denny Hamlin. Uh, your thoughts, Craig? Well, they have no choice. If they don't do it, they set a precedence for every other team out there. Um, you know, yeah, Denny Hamlin's a car owner. How would he like, as a car owner, if somebody did that to Bubba or uh, his other driver there? He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be too kind to it, and he'd be in NASCAR's ear in the holler, bitching and screaming like a two-year-old that just got. Uh, just got fondled that, you know, that was unfair to his drivers and his team. And that could possibly lead to them not making the playoffs for the finish, yada, yada, yada. So, so if they don't find him, they're going to look stupid. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with it. Um, I think they should find him and sit him a race. That's my opinion. What? Yeah. They're, they're, no, Are you no, serious? No, no, no. You know what oh they're going to do? You know what they're going to do for penalty? They're going to give him a fine and say, "Have and say, keep going." But here's your slap on the wrist. I mean, I mean, Craig's wanting to throw a guy out, Taz. Oh my gosh! Are you serious? I'm dead serious. You blatantly wrecked somebody. And then you go online and you go on a podcast and say, no, it wasn't accidental. It was on purpose. That's, that's serious. Are we speaking premeditated crime here? Well, yeah. He said it was no accident. I mean, in a way, Craig's got a point. Um, you know, at what point in time does somebody get hurt and, and find this unacceptable? Uh, you know, I, I think it's in NASCAR's hands. They have to, they have to throw a penalty here. Um, and you know what? So be it. If that's the way that uh, Denny Hamlin's going to do it for the rest of the year, he said he's going to keep it real. Um, you know, I think that uh, I think he'll get a lot of a lot of listeners on his podcast. I think that this helps on that side of things. If you know, if he does get penalized, um, I think there'll be people that uh, will be interested in what what else Denny has to say. So, I mean, you know, it's good marketing, I guess. Look, guys, we need we need good marketing, and when you so, see good marketing like that, that's what we need to call it. What is it? That? So, somebody pulled. So, I just caught this um, on Twitter. Somebody um, replied to something of Denny Hamlin's uh, podcast and says, by admitting he intentionally wrecked him, does that lead to fine slash slash suspension, similar to Bubba admitting he purposely spun out? First rule, admit nothing. Then Hamlin replied back to that and said, it wasn't a wreck. NASCAR throws cautions for wrecks. Rule number one, my mama told me, don't lie. 
How are we feeling about that one? Yeah. Taz, maybe maybe we missed what you said. <clears throat> so Hamlin, so on Twitter, somebody um, replied to um, one of Ham <clears throat> replied to something in re- reference to Hamlin's um, de- deal on his podcast. And they said, by admitting he intentionally wrecked him, does that lead to a fine or suspension? Similar to Bubba admitting he purposely spun out. First rule, admit nothing. Hamlin replied back, it wasn't a wreck. NASCAR throws cautions for wrecks. Rule number one, my mama told me, don't lie. That's straight from the podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Denny. This is the new Denny. He's going to keep it real. Um, you know, I guess NASCAR's got to do what they got to do. Uh, is it entertaining? Absolutely. <laughs> Chris? Sorry. Yeah, which goes with my point. He openly admitted he did it. Now it's in NASCAR's hands. Right. What are they going to do? If they do nothing, they set a precedent that Hey, it's okay when you're pissed off at somebody. You can wait. You can wreck them intentionally and just go on a podcast and say, yeah, I did it, and nothing be done. It's kind of like, and, and I hate to go down this road, but it kind of reminds me of when when somebody does something that they shouldn't of color, they go, on, they go up to Reverend Al Sharpton, and they apologize, and all is supposed to be forgiven. Um Trish, you'll know what I'm talking about with stuff like that. But, you know, because we've seen that heavily in the in the late 80s, early 90s, even in the 2000s. The NASCAR has got to do something point blank, end of story. If they don't, they set a precedent. And if Mike Joy's bitching about keyboard warriors now, he'll really bitch about that. <laughs> We're going to have our good friend, and buddy, uh, Mr. Jared Hudson joining us from down in the lower part of L.A. And we ain't talking about Los Angeles. What are we talking about there, Jared Hudson? Lower Alabama. Uh, and what do y'all y'all keep it R for what? Uh, keep it R for racing then. Redneck racing, right? Yep, redneck. Yep, red R for redneck, red R for racing. That's it. Now we're we're in discussion right now about uh, the Denny Hamlin Ross Chastain uh, fiasco. They can't seem to keep the bumpers off of each other. Jared, are you a fan of either one of those characters? Ross Chastain. Um, I like him. I like his Cinderella stories, a watermelon farmer. I like Denny Hamlin. I hate he drives a Toyota because I can't stand Toyota. But uh, I don't know. Denny Hamlin just. Becoming, I don't want to be one of those bandwagon people who say he's a crybaby, but here lately, fast last year or two, he's been becoming like a cow bush kind of. Yeah, he has uh, he has his moments. Uh, did you uh, did you catch the podcast where he you know basically admitted to wrecking Ross Chastain on purpose there at the end of the no. race in Phoenix? Uh uh-uh. uh. I yeah, did. yeah, he he got on. He, he's got a podcast now, Jared. It's uh, detrimental. 
to racing or something to that extent. And uh, uh, so wow. Danny's going to keep it real on his own podcast and tell, uh, tell you uh, what's been going on in, in, in racing. I tell you what, with a rivalry heated up, such as uh, between Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin, uh, having him being vocal about it and talking about it on air, I, I feel like that's really going to lure in some listeners. Uh, how about you, Jared? I mean, you, you, you're you're open-minded to a lot of things. Does that make you interested in what Denny's podcast is about? Him talking about wrecking Ross personally? Yeah, uh, talking about what's well, going on behind the behind the scenes in the race car. Not necessarily just with Ross, but, but the luring effect of, He's talking about being in the race car, and he's doing it on his own, on his on a podcast, and he's unfiltered. You know, I like that. Uh, I think it's cool. But as far as the Ross deal, if somebody tunes in just to hear that part, then they're not a they're not a real fan of racing, in my opinion. They're just there for the wrecks, the stupid childish drama, that kind of thing. But as far Wait, as What's him the- talking about the insides and stuff, I like that. You know. What's wrong? What's wrong with the petty drama, Jared? I I I I feel like that may have been pointed towards me. <laughs> oh no no no! It wasn't pointed towards nobody. I just don't. I just don't like drama. Period. At the dirt tracks on the uh, weekends, like that's like all that dirt track drama that happened up there at that racetrack. I won't name in Florida. You know, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like people talk about that. Like it's cool. I'm like, no, that is not cool. <laughs> and uh, I, I just don't, I just don't get involved in drama. I, sp- I trust that way. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, my my counterparts, they've not said anything. So I'm sorry, uh, Craig Morris here and uh, Tad Taylor. Of course, they they've joined us for the whole show. I think uh, I think Jared got mixed up in the time zones and and didn't realize that seven o'clock was actually the show time. Uh, Eight p.m. is actually the East Coast time, which most of our listeners. On the uh, on this particular podcast, our East Coast listeners, so uh, we we try to stay in See, the Eastern time zone. When, yeah, when I we're was thinking our Central. Show. I would I would have tuned in at seven. I would have. I, I kept yeah. telling everybody it was Central time. <laughs> no, it's all right. Ah, I feel so okay, stupid. <laughs> no, it's all right, dude. It's all right. Um, but uh, we're glad to have you a part of the the final hour here on, on Race Chat Live, and uh, just uh, glad to have you. Uh, guys, do y'all have any other thoughts, Taz Taylor or, or, or Craig, on what we're talking about here with the whole uh, Denny Hamlin versus Ross and the podcast and NASCAR's passing down some penalties probably? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, is, it is a it's a, it's a kazoo uh, for sure. NASCAR is going to do what NASCAR is going to do. We just have to sit and wait and see what that shit show is going to be. Right. I honestly think if they do anything, it's only going to be a fine. I don't see anything, any anything else harsher than that. Right. Right. Uh, is it going to stop Denny Hamlin from retaliating anymore? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, as I said, it, it seemed to be premeditated. He knew what he was going to say, and uh, he had no problem uh, putting it out there. Chevy does it again. Hot topic number four. Chevy does it again. Look, Greg, I didn't want to put this on on hot topic. I did not because I know y'all know me. I'm a, I'm a Ford guy. I drive a Toyota. 
my favorite driver is Dale Earnhardt Jr., but it had nothing to do with the manufacturer that he that he drove for. It had everything to do with that. Uh, uh, you know, he, he he got in a race car after his daddy died, and that that to me just meant something. Um, so, uh, you know, here we are. Chevy's done it again. Are they cheating, Craig? I mean, you 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 seem to be a big fan of Chevy. Uh, what's going on here? How Chevy? How does Chevy seem to have it? It's Chevy, Chevy, and then everybody else. So uh, tell us how that's how we've gotten here. Well, I think that you'll hear Ford and Toyota cry enough that NASCAR will look at everything, and they'll come up with a new rule in the next two to three weeks. But they'll say it's beneficial to everybody. The haves and have-nots have this car figured out. The haves have this car figured out. The have-nots, well, that would be Ford and Toyota. They have not, and except for Logano last year, starting off this season, it's not looking too pretty. So that's where I guarantee you will look at something, figure out a way that Chevy's got a competitive advantage, advantage, and they will tweak the rule book somehow, some way, and Ford and Toyota will still bitch because it won't be totally in their favor. So did y'all talk about the louvers? Yes, we did earlier. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but now Tad Taylor's saying that there's really not going to be any fines uh, because uh, basically, well, no, Taz, I think Taz found the fines, but somebody was saying somewhere that uh, there may not be any penalties to Hendrick over these uh, uh, louvers or whatever they're called. Um, because they, yeah, they because uh so they haven't announced anything but um so I would say it's looking like they that they probably won't hand out penalties but there is the possibility that they can and I did mention the fact that um they could be losing um a lot of points especially some playoff points on the line and a lot of money. <laughs> Um, they could face an L2 penalty, which uh, is 75 points for the owner and or driver, and or driver. Uh, 10 playoff points for the driver and or owner, four race suspension for a particular crew member, uh, $100,000 fine, and if it's modified so bad that they have to elevate the penalty to an L3, it's 120 points. 25 playoff points, a six-race suspension, and a $250,000 fine. Wow. Yeah, this could So, William Byron's two wins could be wiped out if if a penalty is assessed. If it was a smaller team, they'd be showing up hurt because $250,000, that would kill a one-car team. You're exactly right, Jared. And and you just wonder how this is going to be. And, and And here we are. You know, expecting a penalty today, and now they're saying that it's going to be tomorrow before any penalties are announced. So, uh, you know, it's, it's once again, you have to go back to this Garage 56 car. You have to go back to the extra wind tunnel time that they had in building that car. All of the components basically are are, are, are made shift uh, Gen 7 car parts. Um, you know, it's, it's basically the, the – uh, the car that they built for Garage 56 would be a manufactured uh, 
prototype, basically, uh, of this very car. So, obviously, Hendrick has gained a lot of data. And, you know, if this is one of those parts where they knew that based off of wind, tunnel stuff, that they could get an advantage, that it's something that uh, the the Fords and the Toyotas are definitely at a disadvantage at. Um, I feel that they are at a disadvantage. Uh, and Chevy is going to continue to dominate. What is it, Jared? Yes. Uh, explain to me what the okay. So these aren't the roof flaps on top of the car, right? The louvers. No, these are the. These are this right is the there hood in front of the. Yeah, on the they're, hood. They're the hood. Little, yeah. Okay, like so you know that the, Okay. The hood now the air is transitioned under the race car, and there there are there are certain vents on the top that allow the air to vent out as the air is being pushed under the race car. If you'll notice, when a car gets right behind another car, you'll see a little hood flap pop up there on the side by the window, um, by, okay. by the windshield of the of the race car. That, that's the lovers there. That's the part that they're talking about. Okay, so they were pushing the boundaries to get more speed is what Henrik was doing, right? Obviously, if, you know, it's the quicker the downforce, I guess. Maybe they were shaving them. Uh, to be lighter so that they would release the air quicker, which would create more downforce on the front of the race car. I mean, okay. uh, anytime that you're pushing sense. that air quicker, you know, that's that's what you're going to create. So, uh, as I said, these are things, little simple things that they're going to learn uh, from the wind tunnel test on the Garage 56 car that they're, they're not being, you know, they don't, they're not allowed wind tunnel time uh, in their cup cars. So basically, they're learning from this prototype, and that's you know it's crazy that uh, NASCAR even allowed this to happen and was involved with it because of the detrimental effects that it could have just for one manufacturer uh, being a part of this prototype car. So uh, it's almost like NASCAR wanted somebody to come in and say, okay, we know we're sourcing all these parts out, but but can our guys still build this car better? than the sourced out parts. And, and obviously, uh, Hendrick is the guy to do that, right? And does anybody look at it like that? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I cued something just then. Taz Taylor, did you, hear what I, did you hear what I brought to the table? Maybe NASCAR did this on purpose because they needed a growth in the actual car that we're racing now. It has been sourced out. These parts have been sourced out. Now is this NASCAR saying, okay, Bring the innovation back to the back end with all these engineers. Let's make this car better. And maybe this is a kind of a jump the gun with Hendrick saying, hey, wait a minute. We thought we were going to let this go because this is better for the race car, similar to what we've seen with the wheel thing uh, at the first race of the year last year. Go ahead. Uh, I just feel like they need um... – a discussion topic for parts wise on the next gen car because last year we talked about part failures and right. p- part and questioned a lot of parts for this next gen car. Like we mentioned the tires, the one lug nut deal, um, <clears throat> and now this year and how all the cars are e- are practically equal. We haven't really talked about that at all this year, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, let's confiscate some parts." And who else knows than Hendrick Motorsports? Because why? Hendrick is always the talk of the town. You think NASCAR, you think Hendrick Motorsports. 
So they went. They looked at the low. So they said, "Hey, these are new parts that we're never talking about last year. Nobody's talking about the car parts this year. Let's throw in some lovers and for the heck of it, and let's get Hendrick Motorsports involved because everybody talks about Hendrick Motorsports." That's right, especially with Jeff Gordon, you know, take, trying to take over. One of our listeners said they'll always be looking to build a better car. This one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so maybe we are onto something there. Maybe we are, we are onto something that uh, NASCAR was looking to uh, basically make the parts better than what the source parts were, and so that was the whole idea behind the garage. He's like, Man, if that was the case, I wish it would have been more of a joint effort amongst the other manufacturers as well, instead of just giving yes. one team the chance to, uh, to 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 bring that to source. Um, I think yeah, I think if NASCAR wanted, I think if NASCAR wanted to be represented in this Garage Fifty Six program, they should have done something to where it was. All the Chevy teams uh, were involved, not just Hendrick Motorsports. Um, or give give every team a, a from any manufacturer an input um, onto this car. I think that they did themselves a disservice by just and you're setting up one team for an advantage as we're talking about. I mean, obviously we're seeing an advantage in. And the races, because as you alluded to, it's tunnel time. They don't get tunnel time with these cars. Well, they do with this Garage 56 car, and as you said, exactly, it's it's an advantage. Oh wow, we do this, we can get a tenth of a mile an hour faster, um, and a tenth of a mile an hour could be a big deal. So I think NASCAR should have handled this this Garage 56 program a little differently. And I think you going forward, if they do this again, I think they'll definitely look at it um, a lot differently than they did. And it, it is amazing that we've not heard many parts failures or this year, or we've not heard about part shortages. Right. Because they had time to build up a, a stockpile. Well, I like the uh, uh, the new piece they got on the cars this year they didn't have last year. I don't know what you call it, but it's under the bumper. It's under the bumper to catch air. What do you call it? The diffuser. That? The diffuser. Yeah, diffuser panel. Yeah, I, it, I think that looks cool. I don't know how much it helps, but. All right, well, that's it for those topics. we got the black flag, checkered flag uh, that uh, we're going to roll into. This is where we're going to tell you uh, some topics or some discussions that has been going on throughout the Twitter world and maybe on JSP or something to that effect or uh, just something that we picked up on. And you'll give your opinion whether black flag, whether or not you like it uh, or dislike it, checker flag if you like it, black flag if you don't. Um, of course, uh, I believe the first one that we had, NASCAR officials to discuss Ross and Denny. Uh, that's about Dustin Long. Um here we are again, of course, discussing another rivalry. It's given us a hot topic to talk about tonight. We're talking about it again in black flag, checker flag. Um, I mean, what is the old saying, Craig Moore? Uh, bad news is, is still news, right? Bad news is good news, right? 
Uh, bad press is still things. press. <laughs> bad press is still press, right? Okay, so I, mean, <laughs> I give it a checker. I give it a checker flag, guys. I mean, uh, anytime NASCAR has to say and announce that we're looking into something, all lies are on NASCAR. So that's a, that's how we get things rolling. That's how we have topics of discussion. What about you, Taz Taylor? Black flag or checker flag, NASCAR officials to discuss Ross and Denny. NASCAR gives a NASCAR, let's see, checker flag gives NASCAR fans something to talk about, but it's going to be a black flag being that uh, if they don't do something of some sort, which I've said earlier, they're only going to give them a fine. I don't see anything harsher. I don't I don't see a fine coming down at all well I shouldn't say that they'll give him a slap on the wrist but I don't see a I don't see a huge fine coming down so I agree with Taz what about you Jared okay so I I, I, I'm a Taz checker flag, but also I'm, I lean towards black flag too because if they don't do something, if NASCAR don't step in and do something about this, this stupid crap between them two are going to go back and forth every single race until somebody gets really hurt. Something has to be done or else they just they just going to see this. It's just like it's no different than going to a dirt track and somebody gets slapped on the wrist. Oh, it's okay if you do this again next week. You know, they need to step in and do something about this or else it's just going to continue to blow up and blow up blow up, and then it's just going to overflow. All right. Well, you know, um, I think a couple of checker flags, a couple of black flags. You know, any discussion is good discussion, as we just said. Uh, so, I, you know, I can I can see where, there's, where we're kind of on the fence here. Analysis, Hendricks. Chevy, then everybody else. Kelly Crandall come out with an article this week, and she really analyzed the the whole situation with Chevy uh, and their uh, dominance already into the fourth race of the season. Um, she's right on the money. I give her a checker flag because uh, you know it's 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 so obvious that even uh, Ray Orbison can see it. Uh, what about you, Craig? What do you think? Is Chevy, is Chevy stinking the show up? Flag, flag, check a flag. Chevy stinking the show. Dad, we'll go to you. Chevy stinking <laughs> the show. Um, uh, Chevy stinking the show. I'm going to say... I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm going to say checker flag. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm, I've always been a Chevy fan, um, obviously because every driver I've liked races a Chevy. Um, being Jimmy Johnson, now Kyle Larson. Um, but I'm going to say this is a checker flag, but. At the same time, this kind of kills the the parody, so I could throw a black flag on this one. We got we got two uh, a checkered and a black. All right. 
Uh, I mean, is it Chevy all day? Jared, are you a big Chevy fan? Are you enjoying the Chevy dominance? I like all the American manufacturers just because I'm Team America, but I I drive a Chevrolet truck, so and I Chevrolet I, I lean more towards Chevrolet, uh, and I I don't see them stinking to show up. I just think they're they got it figured out. They're kicking butt and taking names, and the Japanese Toyota needs to figure out what to do. <clears throat> Jared, does it make you mad that I drive a Toyota? No. <laughs> I, I ain't a fan of you Toyota, bad. but I ain't, I ain't going. I ain't going. I ain't got nothing against why you. Why you Well, why do you get mad that Toyota's in NASCAR? I'm just not. A, I'm just not a fan of uh, foreign vehicles, Toyota especially, since it's a Japanese company and not an American company. And I just pull for pro-American companies, especially in racing. At first, I ain't gonna lie. When when Toyota first come to NASCAR, I remember when it was, in, it was in the truck series, I was all for it. And then the older I got, the more I got pro-American. I said, you know what? I just I just pull for the American cars or American manufacturers. Did you, did you know? Did you know that your truck was probably built in Mexico? No, it wasn't actually. Uh, oh, mine was built and uh, it was built. It was built in Michigan. The transmission and the engine. Was built in uh, Michigan also. There you go. And the only reason I know that because I researched it really good. <clears throat> and and that's a Chevrolet, right? Yes, Chevrolet Colorado. Oh, look at All right. All right. Well, Toyotas are manufactured in America. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I agree. <clears throat> Off the rails. Uh, guys, what else? Hendrick, Chevy, anything to add to that? They're dominating, just like the dead air time on this show. Well, the the deal with Hendrick, or I don't want to say Hendrick, but the deal with Chevy, um, obviously Stenhouse with the Daytona win. Then it was Kyle Busch at Auto Club. <clears throat> now we're talking uh, Willie, Willie B with Vegas and, and Phoenix. Yeah, people want to circle Hendrick, but Hendrick's won two races. They've been in the front competing for wins. But it's not just the Hendrick show. Mainly Chevy overall. I just named off three winners in four races. Yep. And, And also three winners from three different teams. No, no doubt. Chevy has parity, um, and they have they have quite a few teams. Uh, you know, Toyota they have two teams. Ford they have I think about four teams. Uh, the rest of the teams are Chevrolet. Um, and uh, you know, you get into the colleague camp and AJ Allmendinger. We're going to see you know what he's able to do in places like Toyota, and obviously this coming weekend in Atlanta, AJ could be uh, uh, one to watch. Uh, Oh, look, for sure. of course, so, AJ's the man. That's another Chevrolet team that uh, could possibly get in the win column this year, you know. And Spire Motorsports, they've been able to come up with a win before as well. So, you know, I mean, Chevrolet, yeah. Camp, I mean, yeah. They are the dominant car. Cars. So, I mean, are we, 
I want to throw a spotlight on Spire. Um, Not Ty Dillon exactly. Uh, I'm not sure what – we all know what's going on with that 77 car. And obviously Ty Dillon's not helping that that part of the team. But Corey LaJoy in that 7 car. um, Oh, yes. Despite – I mean, I don't – I haven't really kept track of his finishes. But I'm watching his performances – and I thought Daytona was kind of like a joke. But, no, he's backed it up at these other three races. Well, he might have been quiet at Phoenix, but but he's, he been, did good at he's been racing up there. And, look, I'm with you. I'm a LaJoy fan. I follow him on Facebook. And have y'all seen his little show he does called Stacking Pennies? Yes, yeah, I have. It's a good show. I've heard of it, but I've never listened to it. Yeah, it's very good. I, I say it on Facebook all the time. It's stacking pennies with Corey LaJoy. Look, I, if he was to give Corey LaJoy, say if he was to take William Byron's car and give it to Corey LaJoy, if he had the best of the best, what William Byron has, Corey LaJoy would have wins by now, just like his dad used to have. But being for a small or underfunded team, you know, he ain't going to stay the top. But I'd love to see him win, though. <clears throat> Which is, it's weird seeing, so you mentioned, like, I want to throw this in quick. There's father-son pairings, right, for NASCAR drivers. Um, like, we, we know with Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, Ned Jarrett, Dale Jarrett, for example. So you would think um, maybe I've missed something with uh, Randy LaJoy, but you would think that Corey LaJoy, being the son of Rainy LaJoy, um, he might get help with sponsorship dollars or something, being of the name. That's right. And 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 like you said, Jared, he's got potential to race for some of these bigger teams, but the sponsorship dollars don't add up for him to be in that spot. Yes. And, so you makes, know, like his – his dad, his dad won a bunch of races. I remember when his dad made burnouts cool winning races. Nobody knew what a burnout was. All they knew was the Polish victory laps. And his dad would do the burnouts, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. So it Corey LaJoy, if he ever gets there, he's going to get there. <clears throat> and we're heading to a track he performed well at last year. I'm, Very I'm interesting excited. fact I, about about Randy LaJoy. He uh I believe he was the one of the first drivers in the twenty two car, which was the Bill Davis MBMA machine. If y'all remember that was a bank back then. Yes. Yep, I remember Ward Burton also drove that car too. He, he took over did. he did he took over that car after Randy LaJoy. Exactly. So Randy LaJoy was really big in the Bush series quite a few championships and then kind of just never really got that jump start on uh, that he needed um, when he got to the Cup Series. Uh, but uh, his father did make a name for himself by building the, the containment seat, which is now used amongst all the drivers uh, throughout many series, including at our dirt track races. So um, Randy LaJoy kind of helped change the game on that. So how many wins did, did Randy have in the Cup Series? Didn't he have like four or five? Uh, zero in the Cup. Oh, that's a bummer. I thought he had at least one. Okay. 
Now we'll have to do a, we'll have to look it up real quick, but um, you know what? I'm gonna do this. <laughs> and I want to throw in too, uh, being that I visited Stafford Motor Speedway the last two years, um, they do have this wall um, of some of the greatest modified racers that's in Stafford Speedway history. Um, I'm going to name off. I'm just going to quickly, not to throw off topic, but. Uh, Randy LaJoy is on this 50 greatest modified drivers in Stafford history, and he joins the likes of Tommy Baldwin, uh, Ron Bouchard, Richie Evans, uh, Tony Hirschman, uh, let's see here, Breen Charlin, Ted Christopher, uh, Greg Sachs, um, Jimmy Spencer, Mike Stefanik, Wow. And Brett and Jeff Bodine, Pete Corey, Ray Hendrick, uh, Mike McLaughlin, uh, Steve Park, also on that list, too. That's awesome. Anyways, let's get back on the topic here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Randy LaJoy was a legend for sure. Uh, in the short track racing uh, side of things. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, his son uh, deserves a shot. I mean, you know, they paid their dues. It's similar to Keselowski. They just need somebody that believes in him and that'll give him that ride. You know, we we got Matt Diamondetto a ride, uh, uh, you know, when we felt like he deserved it. And, uh, of course, you know, we realized, hey, he probably didn't have as much talent as we thought he did. Um, and now he's down in the truck series. Time to yeah, take that chance on on a Corey LaJoy and see what he does in a full time good ride. Put him in the Wood Brothers. Oh, the Wood Brothers. Put him with Wood Brothers. Yeah, I like that idea. I like Harrison, that. Oh, Harrison, yeah. Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton. Doing Jack Squat. Uh, DeBenedetto was on the cusp of putting Wood Brothers in victory lane. But Joy's I got agree. the capabilities. Right there, he could he could just one up De Benedetto right there. Sure. Yeah, because I'm looking at I'm looking at Randy Lejoy's stats. Says he was in NASCAR 15 years from '84 to 2006, and it's not showing any wins in the Cup Series. Yeah, only three top tens. <laughs> yeah, he was 44 years old in 2006 when he retired. But, I mean, Corey LaJoy's got plenty of talent. Imagine if a gigantic sponsor just funded his team that he's on. Imagine what he could do if he had the equipment that these big teams got. Even with the Wood Brothers, he would do way better. And I like Harrison Burton because I love the Burton Brothers. But I think Corey LaJoy would be a better fit than Harrison Burton. All right, so, uh, Chris, let's try to get back on track here. We don't have much time before we yeah. preview it, Anna. I was talking to uh, to a, a close mic. Uh, whoa, pitting in Atlanta will be interesting. Pit road commitment line, speed line is on the apron. 
on entry of turn three at Atlanta, Anthony Alfredo. Concerned about where you're going to enter Pent Road at outside of turn three at Atlanta. NASCAR got this one right. Uh, is that uh, going to be a, a, a good place for the, for the pit to go into the pits there? Uh, Taz Taylor, black flag, check a flag. Is it, is it right? I mean, that seems like a long way away. It's awful long commitment line. So I think this could be a checker flag, and here's why I think that. Being that Atlanta is repaved and it runs like a super speedway until the pavement starts to wear a bit, um, you, when they come down to pit, you can't. it's not like Daytona or Talladega where you can come off turn four and have somewhat of a stretch to slow down and get down to pit road speed. You get off turn four in Atlanta, right there's pit road, slap in the face. So I feel like they took precautionary in saying, um, if you're going to pit, you need to come down into turn three so you have time um, with your group to slow down and get down to pit road speed before you hit pit road. So I have to give it a second flag for that. Yeah, I, I'm throwing a checker flag as well. Um, I, I think NASCAR they 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 realize that there's something uh, that could go wrong here. They don't want these cars entering pit road at a very fast speed. Of course, the, the tandem racing or the uh, um, what we've called uh, super speedway type style racing here, uh, it could put a lot of cars on pit road. Uh, very quickly, and that could be a disaster. It could put crew members and stuff in, in danger. I, I mean, I, I'm all for uh, NASCAR being proactive to something safety, and I believe that that's why uh, we're going to enter pit road uh, in turn three. So I'm definitely throwing the checker flag there. How about you, uh, Jared? Okay, so so what's the question you're asking about pit road safety? So Atlanta yeah, then, Motor I mean, Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, it got put out earlier, either this week or last week, that pit road, if you're going to enter pit road at Atlanta Motor Speedway now, you have to uh, go under the commitment line uh, right before turn three instead of the normal coming off turn four and enter pit road. Uh, being with okay. Atlanta, Being with Atlanta's new repavement, the track runs like a super speedway. Oh, I'm all for it. The safer, the better. I, I'm a, I'm a safety guru because you know I work with Race Safer Fuel Arrester, and I, I, I'm a, anything safety wise, I'm for it. And that sounds like a good idea. So I'm checker flag on that one. All right. What about you, Craig? I uh, checker flag. Yeah, I'm here. Checker flag. I think it's a great idea. Anything to slow those cars down on that uh, on that racetrack with the new pavement, I'm all for. I mean, hell, at least when Denny wrecks, when Denny wrecks Chastain again this week, at least it'll be at a slower speed. He's calling shots. All right, we'll go to the next one. Uh, Mike Joy's defensiveness regarding the Daytona 500 commercial criticism is obnoxious. He's a pro. The commercial criticism was valid, whether he agrees with it. Or not, but being defensive ahead of ad breaks in the race after the 500 
isn't the pro way to handle that feedback. Nick Bloomberg on Mike Joy making the comment about keyboard warriors uh, on the final uh, um, side-by-side commercial break of the evening. Um, it seems to me that Mike Joy is really uh, this year kind of well, over the last couple of years, he's really not he, – he's, he's faced Twitter for what it is. He says, come at me, bro, basically. Come at me. And I like that kind of attitude. I like that. I like that. Uh, I think Mike Joy is enjoying uh, basically his kind of – his battle of old school versus Twitter war. Uh, yeah. I, I give – is this is this how you feel, Jared? Uh, what – in, in some, I guess you could black flag take a flag. But really, what is your thoughts on Mike Joy's? Uh, why, why, why did he make that comment? Is that is he is he basically uh, playing with the audience? Uh, you asking me? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Okay, all right, so. Like I, I think he's got a big pair. He's letting them swing. He don't care what people yeah. think. And I mean, he, he, he's basically like Donald Trump in NASCAR, just letting it swing, you know. But like, like I was sitting there watching the, <laughs> I was sitting there watching the race, and you know, I didn't pay no attention to it really. Like I was, I watched the whole race. I didn't pay no attention to it until I seen that article today, and then I shared it in the group chat, and I was like, wow, okay. And I was reading the article. I said, "Dang!" I said, "Okay, well, go, Mike, go." So, I mean, I, I think people people getting uh, people getting mad about the commercials. What they don't realize is these commercials help pay for their airtime. They pay for this, pay for that. I mean, I get it. They get mad. There's too much commercials. I get it. I don't like commercials either. But I also like it when NASCAR when they when Fox does NASCAR side by side too. You know, and we don't miss a single right. bit of action. Right. Right. So kudos like to Mike that. Joy for you know showing his pair and say, "Hey, this is what I can do." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor, Taylor Black Flag, Checker Flag. What was Mike Joy's comment? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I, I'm I'm dying over Jared's comments. So I can't even catch a breath, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the show and I'm still tired of hearing about it. 
I'm giving it a black flag. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just a little bit of contact out there, and we're making a big hoopty-doo about it. Uh, NASCAR needs to hire an investigation team. Checker flag, black flag. Craig. Oh, Craig. Black flag. Sorry, I was on mute. Black flag. Give them, give Elton Sawyer the black flag, Taz. You know, you know Elton Sawyer deserves the black flag. Anytime you name your child Elton Sawyer, you know you're (laughs) going to give him a black flag. Taz. Heck yeah, black flag, black flag, black flag all day from the Tasmanian flagger, man. All right, black flag, black flag lives matter. Black flag uh, matter at the YouTube channel. Black flag lives matter. All right, so what's the, so what's the topic again? Without a doubt, it's on our radar. NASCAR senior vice president of competition, Elton Sawyer, said on Sirius XM this morning about looking into what Denny Hamlin said on his podcast about the incident with Ross Chastain at the end of Sunday's race via Matt Weaver. He should have done something something before now Uh, Black flag Yeah, exactly Yeah, Yeah, it's it's too late now That's yesterday's That's yesterday's news You let let this guy run out over everybody out there Then the moment you get to decide that Hey, somebody said Hey, I'm just tired of it And I took care of it Now you want to bring an investigation That's about about as useless as uh, as a a tits on a board of uh, so exactly. Jimmy Johnson, yeah, that's right up, uh, that's right up, that's right up our buddy Jared to Hudson Valley, man. I tell Ooh. you what, y'all got some hogs down there on the on the coast, don't you, buddy? Yes. Yeah, they get in the way. Yeah. So Jimmy Johnson, oh, Legacy '84 team, has a roster filed for Coda. The team hasn't announced he is doing that race, but with the roster filed, it's expected that he will compete in it. Johnson, Rankin. And daily would be open cars, Jensen, Dutton, and Charter, and Charter car via Pop, Bob Pockers. Uh Black flag, checker flag, Jimmy Johnson saying he's going to race Coda in an open car. There's uh, there's going to be quite a variety of drivers in this one. Uh, starting with you, Craig, black flag, checker flag. Is this one of the races you want to see Jimmy Johnson in? Yeah, I'd be interested to see him, man. I'll be interested to see it. I'll be watching. I want to see how well he does. Right. What about you, Taz Taylor? Are you excited about your return of Soul Seven Time? Oh, Craig, or Chris. I mean, come on now. That shouldn't even be a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I threw it in. That's why I threw it in here because it's not really a black flag checker flag, but I, I threw it in here because I, I knew that you would be excited. Uh, that he's going to race. And it's not just him, like, right? We got Rankin in and we've got Connor Daly. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see all these different uh, worlds of racing coming together to race Dakota, which is also a Formula One racetrack, uh, might I add. So, all right, that'll do it for Black Flag, Checker Flag. As we move on into our preview selection for the next eight minutes, we will uh, select certain drivers to go into the pretenders, contenders, and favorites, un- favorites, contenders, and underdogs. Yeah, favorites, contenders, and underdogs. Okay, all right. So uh, let me turn the floor over to Mr. Taz Taylor. Taz, take it from here. 
All right. We are getting out of the West Coast and going back to the southeast of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, if some of you don't know, Atlanta got a repave uh, last year. Got two races, and this track with the repave runs like Daytona and Talladega. Um, until, so we are not used to this kind of Atlanta. However, um, I looked at some stats, and I looked at race results from last year, and I've come up. Normally, I would come up with three names for each category. Well, I came up with four favorites three contenders, and three underdogs. And we need to have six on each list when it's all said and done. So, based upon what I've looked at, I have these four as favorites. Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, and Ross Chastain. For contenders, I have Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin, Underdogs, I have Chris Buescher, Austin Sindrick, Eric Almarola. Now, we're going to toss the table, toss, toss it around with the rest of the panel and see what names we can throw in that I did not and fill out our list for the week. So, Dad, I'm going to need you to send me those. I'm gonna need you to send me those because it's hard to it's hard to know exactly which ones that you put where. Yeah, um, just put them in the group I mean, chat. Yeah, that way we know what what names are already chosen. All right, I'm working on it. So there's the favorites that I have listed. Wow. And I'm and I'm not seeing the odds already on Vegas, man. Vegas is holding out, I believe, on. On the odds for this weekend, on who the favorites are, which is interesting because uh, that would mean that Vegas can't figure out <laughs> who to favorite going into yeah. the race. All right, so there's my list: favorites, contenders, and underdogs. Send you guys that list. All right. So. On the favorite side, I see you got four four names there, and and Logano sitting over in the contender side. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> the guy can't get any respect, right? I, I mean, literally, this is you know he's won back to back races. He's been in contention for all the races this season. Uh, to not to just snub William Byron uh, is almost it's almost disrespectful. I mean, we've got to put Willie B on this list. And if we're going to put this guy anywhere, we need to put him in the favorites because after back-to-back wins, it's unlikely that he wins three in a row, but my goodness, I definitely earned his right to be on that favorite. All right, so we'll throw Willie B in the hat. Any name or names you want to throw on the other list before we throw something for Craig? Yeah, Craig, you got got a name you want to add somewhere? Yeah, hold on one second. Let me go back to the list. One second. Uh, Don't worry. I put your boy in. I know. I see that. 
And I'm glad you put him up there in the favorites because that's where I had him. Um, contenders. I'm going to say Ty Dillon. No, I'm going to put whoa. him in under. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to put him in under. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think they should have him down there in Florida. The deception. The deception. That's where it's the I'm the king of underdogs. It's a deception at best. All right, Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon winds up an underdog. Wow, I couldn't have, I couldn't have bet on that one at the beginning of the show. Uh, All right, Jared. If you if you're looking at the list, what's the one name that you would feel like needs to be on this list? And it, it can be in any category. We still have one open left for favorites. We've got a couple left for uh, each of the other ones. Okay, so so what list? Uh, I'm working on it. Oh, he doesn't. I'm working on it. <laughs> hey, he over. doesn't have that list. Oh my gosh, we're terrible. Hold on. Okay, fine. Right. Bush. Uh, as far as this weekend, I I would pick the Dinger, AJ Allmendinger, because I think he's going to smash See, there you go. this weekend. There you go. AJ Allmendinger. If you bet against AJ Allmendinger, you're woo. <laughs> hey, so, that's an underdog if there was. There? Hmm. Where do you want to put him? Is I, he a favorite? Uh, I want to put him. Is he a yeah, yeah, favorite? Or an underdog? Uh, a favorite? Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say favorite. Yeah. Take him there. And then underdog, that, underdog, of course, you know, somebody like uh, Jimmy Johnson or any of the road, cor- the road course specialists like Connor Daly or Kimmy Rockin, somebody like that. Yeah, we're not racing there this weekend. We're in Atlanta. I wear Atlanta this weekend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you want to stick with AJ being the favorite? It's, it's, it's where well, Atlanta. okay, okay. I was thinking Coda, my bad. Okay, so no, no, not AJ as favorite. Um, shoot, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick is a monster in Atlanta. He's one of my favorites anyway. So I wow. say the uh, old old guy gets it, and he's gonna smoke the young guys. Ooh. Ooh, I like I like Harvick being in the favorites. I do. Because like look, that. he had he that, had that the closes, win last weekend. Yeah, that closes down the favorites. So now we've got a couple of underdogs and a couple of contenders left to add into there. I, I was I was on the Dinger train, but more as an underdog for this type of racing. So let's 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 yeah. stay with the Dinger, but let's put him in the underdog category, Chess. All right, I agree. I agree. Um, there is one name we did spend a bit of time talking about, but I don't want to put him as an underdog, being of how he's been performing lately, so I kind of want to throw him as a contender, and that's Corey LaJoy. What? Yeah. Good choice, good choice. I agree oh with that Oh, gosh, as a contender, I mean, he did have a great race last year at this racetrack in the spring race. He almost won it, so I can kind of see the correlation between the two, but guys, we we seem to have our eyes closed to the fact that Tyler Reddick is finally busting out, right? I mean, I don't know if he should go in the underdog list because of the way the season started, but he deserves somewhere in this list of contender or underdog. Uh, we've got I, to make sure Tyler I Reddick is represented. I put him in as a contender. So yeah, Tyler Reddick is a good choice. That, that, will, that, will that close the contender? We need one more contender and one more underdog. One more contender. 
and one more underdog. Uh, you know, I, I'm not seeing Ross Chastain. Oh, never mind. He's in the favorite. Kyle Busch. Ah, uh, Chastain. Kyle Busch is a favorite. Kyle Busch is in the favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, another, another high side hustler who 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 likes to hang out on the high side. Um. You got Blaney. You got Lucy. Uh, you got Logano. So I'm gonna put him as a contender because. Oh, all right, hold on. I'm going to put him as a contender, and this is another Ford. He's won here twice, and we've seen some stellar performances lately out of this camp. I'm going to put Big Bad Brad on Ooh. the contender. Because, wow. he, look, he, he did contender. good last weekend. He was top ten most race. And for underdog... I'm going to have to throw in Daniel Suarez. Ooh. And here's my reason behind it. Uh, Suarez in eight starts has finished in the top ten three times and top five once. If we look at last year's races, he's finished in the top ten both times. That's a good one. Interesting stat there. Uh, so we got one more, one more underdog, one more underdog, right? We we can we can throw one more in quick if we want to. Right, so it's full. All lists are full. All lists are full. I cannot believe we have forgotten the name Christopher Bell, but there it is. You know what? I mean, yep. he, he had a good run the other weekend. Somebody help me. But, uh, that should be our show. It's 9 o'clock. We are now uh, in borrowed time, but it's been a great show. Uh, glad to have you on, Jared Hudson. Uh, Jared, now you've got uh, – y- y'all are going to bring back the show this year, or are you going to host your own show? What, what, what's going on there? Uh, as far as I know, we're going to bring it back. Uh, I'm ready to start it again. Uh, I'm going to get with Artie tonight and see when he wants to start it. And if he doesn't – doesn't give me a time. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start because I'm excited. Right. Well, we're excited to bring y'all on as, as well, and and uh, uh, I think our old buddy uh, from uh, North Mississippi he called me the other day and said something about getting started again, and uh, wanted to know how to host the show. And I said, you know what? I said Jared learned it really fast. And I said I bet he could teach you too. Uh, so we'll see if we'll see if we can get. Uh, uh, the Jay Dillon show back on board. I, I don't right. know how all that's going to work, but uh, we'll we'll try to get all that figured out in the wash. But uh, we want to thank you guys for listening, Taz Taylor. As always, we want you to close out the show. Craig Moore, we love you, man. Uh, congratulations on maybe uh, some big things happening in your personal life. Um, but uh, hey. Uh, at least you're here to to enjoy these Tuesday nights with us on Race Chat Live. We don't pay you a damn dollar to do it, and uh, you seem to show up every week as anyway. Anyway, so we do appreciate you, Taz Taylor. We love you, man. Thank you for all your hard work and your dedication. And so, Jared, man, thank you for all that you do, and uh, y'all have a great night, Taz Taylor, man. Close it out for us, buddy. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening on to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. If you ever miss us live on any Tuesday night, you can listen to us uh, in any sort of podcast, such as Blog Talk Radio, PodPage.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Geosaving, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Sponsors will make the 110 Nation Roll, Phoenix Fitness, Bears, Bullish, Market Talk Group, Carolina Sports Plus, Yellow Caution Flag Productions, More to Music, Entertainment and Karaoke, TNT Designs. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Race Chat Live. We'll see you at the same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. And this has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio. Chris Creighton, the DJ music band, Craig Moore. She'll be back with us next week. The mother bear, the mama bear of the 110 Nation, Lee Ree. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying goodnight. We'll see you all next week. Oh, much love. Hey, Jared, thanks for being out. All right, now I got to find the safari again. They probably locked me out. Oh, goodness gracious. It's always something. <laughs>